Welcome to another episode of the Society for Armenian Studies podcast series. I am Ani Shahinian, and here today I am joined by Dr. Haraj Chilingirian at Pembroke College, Oxford. Dr. Chilingirian is a sociologist and associate of the Faculty of Oriental Studies at the University of Oxford since 2012, focusing on Middle Eastern and Armenian studies with a particular focus on identity politics, homeland diaspora relations, sociology of religion, and inter-ethnic conflicts in the Middle East and Eurasia. Dr. Chilingian has lectured internationally and is the author of numerous academic studies and articles. He is the author of The Other Citizens, Armenians in Turkey, and also he's the editor of Armenian Diaspora Opinion. Our topic for today's podcast is Dr. Chilingirian's book, published in Istanbul, titled Ermeni Kilisisi, Kisa Bir Girish. It is the Armenian church history, a brief introduction of uh, her faith, liturgy, sacraments, and her hierarchy. Welcome, Dr. Chilingirian. Thank you for accepting our invitation for this interview. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be doing this podcast uh, with you and with our colleagues Yes, yes. Uh, Welcome. Uh, would you please share with us the reasons why you first wrote this book, and did you first intend to publish it in Turkish? Uh, did you have any specific audience in mind? Um, uh, thank you for the question. Very interesting. Uh, unlike, let's say, uh, other books, this book has a long story, as it were. Because uh, originally, in the mid-1990s, I wrote uh, a very short introduction about the Armenian Church for absolute uh, beginners, people who had uh, no idea. And since then, that uh, short introduction uh, had been revised and reprinted uh, several times by uh, the dioceses in North America. And I think at the last I had heard about, uh, they had published uh, close to 20,000 copies of it over the last uh, 20 years. Uh, But since then, I had always uh, had the idea of uh, writing a more uh, substantial introduction to the Armenian church in general, uh, again for uh, beginners, the general public. A few years ago, during my visit to Istanbul, as I was talking to the publisher of Aras, in conversation, uh, we discussed about doing a book about the Armenian Church, and you know they had seen my uh, introduction, the original introduction. So uh, the project started from there, and they asked me if I would uh, be willing to have the book uh, published in Turkish. Apparently, up to now, uh, there is no other book in Turkish about the Armenian Church, so this is the first one. Mm-hmm. So I agreed and I uh, I said, you know, actually I'll expand some uh, sections of it uh, from that original introduction that I had. Uh, so there are about uh, three or four chapters that are new in the Turkish translation of that original introduction to the Armenian Church. Mind you that the English version that I'm working on has already moved for, uh, forward and uh, it's uh, twice as longer as the Turkish. So down the road, I'm, uh, when I complete the English, it's going to be a much uh, larger 
uh, book than uh, the current one. So, in a way, this uh, book has a, a little story that it continues as if in the in the coming years as well. Thank you. Yeah. So briefly, if I may um, uh, highlight the, some of the chapters in this book, and perhaps you can, as you mentioned a minute ago, how you have the English publication that will come in the very, in the very near future is a bit different than the Turkish, but the Tur- Turkish expanded on the f- earlier yes. versions. So um, the book addresses various facets of the Armenian church, and as the title suggests, um, you cover the fate of the Armenian church, the liturgical life of the church, and in that section you highlight the yearly, the weekly, and the daily cycles, the sacraments of the Armenian church, uh, the hierarchical see of the church, the function and the structure of the church, and further you address the Armenian Catholic and the evangelical communities, um, and finally the uh, Armenian church of the 21st century. Um, which part of these are new in the Turkish version? Uh, first, let me say that, as I mentioned, this book is written uh, from the perspective, or for rather, readers who have uh, no knowledge or very uh, little knowledge about uh, Armenian church and Armenians in general. So it provides, and mind you, in my experience, uh, many Armenians don't know as much as we might assume that they know about the Armenian Church and Christianity, even though uh, 99% of Armenians are Christians or consider themselves Christians. So uh, the intent of this book or my project is not uh, an academic book as such, but it's uh, geared towards more popular or to the uh, lay leader, uh, as it were. So what I try to present in this book is not uh, necessarily uh, history, which tends to be the publications that are around. Uh, they tend to have a lot of the history of the church you know, over the last 20, uh, 20 centuries, which is important in and of itself. Uh, but I try to focus and discuss actually what does the Armenian church believe and teach about Christianity, what is the Christian, uh, uh, the Armenian brand of Christianity as it were, how is it similar or different from let's say the Byzantine Orthodox churches, from the Catholic church, what is unique about the Armenian church, but always focusing on Uh, sort of the content of the church and the Armenian uh, Christian uh, faith uh, rather than just the history. Uh, as such, so I discuss about the faith, the actual, what does the Armenian church believe in. Uh, then the rich liturgical uh, cycle, the liturgical life of the church, which consists of You know, the yearly cycle, the seasonal feasts and uh, uh, celebrations, the weekly cycle and the daily cycle, because the church has very elaborate liturgical life. So try to explain to uh, an Armenian Christian or anyone who's interested about what are these to open up uh, the, uh, the rich 
the legacy in the Armenian church of the Christian uh, heritage. Uh, for more in-depth knowledge and familiarity uh, with the Armenian Apostolic Church. And then I have a whole uh, section on the sacraments. Of course, we know there is a baptism and weddings and funerals, but people generally don't know what is the meaning of each of these uh, rituals and sacraments. There are specific meanings tied to each of the seven sacraments in the church. Then I talk about the hierarchical seas, you know, about the backgrounds, you know, Echmiadzin and uh, Cilicia, Constantinople, Jerusalem, you know, how did they come about and why are they different and so on. And then uh, another section on the functional structure of the, the hierarchy, you know, how does the Armenian church work. For instance, we uh, always mention that the Armenian church is very democratic because the laity takes part in the life of the church through electing you know, all the clerical, important clerical positions or leadership positions. Uh, and, and this is different and unique about the Armenian church as opposed to Catholic and Byzantine Orthodox churches where it's more uh, clerical uh, election. So... Uh, I give the, the various important dimensions of Armenian Christianity by focusing on the Armenian Apostolic Church. And that is why I also have a section on the Armenian Catholic and Armenian Evangelical Churches. Because if we want to talk about Armenian Christianity, these two uh, branches are also part of that history. Uh, although they are... Uh, their histories in the last two, three hundred years, uh, as opposed to the Armenian Apostolic Church, which goes back to the early fourth century. Right. Very good. Uh, thank you for that. That's very helpful. Um, you know, I'm also uh, reflecting back on um, your, your work in the past and how you have served at um, multi-level uh, um, capacities where you've been uh, in various parts of the diaspora and communities. Um, and I'm wondering what parts of uh, your exposure to the different communities and your observations of how the sacramental and the liturgical life in the various parts of the diaspora church comes into play in the book. Um, that is, you know, if a community in Turkey as opposed to Armenia or the Americas, does that... Um, Coming to it, does that play a role in the book? Yeah, in the sense that, of course, one of my uh, the aims of the book is exactly that to uh, communicate uh, all the richness of the history and the faith and the liturgical life, the sacramental life. Then, in a nutshell, the the meaning system as it were, if I want to use a sociological term, because the Armenian church, as a part of the Christian uh, faith, uh, is also a meaning system, provides a meaning system to uh, an Armenian today, in the 21st century. So how do we make that connection? Uh, because uh, obviously the church has a certain mission and a purpose, uh, it's not just uh, we always 
in our common discourse. Uh, normally, the church's role in the history and in preservation of the Armenian nation and identity and so on is always emphasized as such. But uh, very little discussion uh, is uh, about uh, the content. You know, how is that, how has the church preserved uh, the nation if that's the mission? But more importantly, uh, the Christian mission of the church, which obviously goes back to apostolic times, mm -hmm. uh, is embedded mm -hmm. in the life of the church. Mm -hmm. So this has been, because my uh, background, because I studied in seminary, in a way my intellectual formation was within the church uh, context. Uh, that's from that I came into academia, into sociology of religion, from that background. So to me, this uh, basic question of relevance has always been part of my uh, intellectual endeavor. You know, how do we make an institution like the church, which is very important, one of the uh, continuously, longest continuously surviving Armenian institution in Armenian history, when you think about it, for 1500 years, how do we make this relevant to an Armenian today in the 21st century? So this is, is, this is sort of my, the, the perspective from where I come and try to make uh, the Armenian church accessible to uh, the common Armenian, as it were. That's very good. And um, I want to highlight um, how you went, conclude your last chapter, uh, if I may read a small excerpt, just sure. in, in response to the yeah. question of relevance. Um, you say that, the, that today the Armenian church is located at an intersection where various challenges, it faces various challenges. Um, you uh, carry on to uh, state that the present tides of the church are not newly emerging. These are embedded in um, historical, I mean, Armenian church has always been uh, the forefront of multiple uh, issues. The church is, and then you continue to say the church in general, and in particular, uh, has experienced deep crises, uh, at least in the last several hundred years. However, the current problem of the church are not insurmountable compared to the past. So there's this, um, I, what I take from this last, a few last few words in the chapter is that you leave us with a bit of hope to say that the church is in a position to yet excel once more. Can you say a bit about how you think about the mission of the church in making it more relevant to the modern Armenian, what that looks like? What are some of the uh, preliminary steps I, uh, to um, practice some of the things you've highlighted so well in this book, the sacramental life, the liturgical life, uh, as a 21st century Armenian. Yeah, I mean, this is very important, and in the concluding uh, chapter, I also wanted to address the contemporary mm -hmm. uh, side of the church, not just the background. Uh, I mean, this is a very important and uh, complex issue actually because uh, and I, I don't think this podcast is the place for to go into the details but I want to just uh, briefly respond to this 
uh, by, you know, there are two dimensions uh, to this issue. Uh, the first is obviously the church, when we say the church, the ecclesia, which I explain in the book. The church is the people, it's not just the clergy. Uh, unfortunately, a lot of times in uh, the church's discourse, especially by the clergy, you get the sense that the church is the building and the hierarchy and the clergy, it's the priest and the bishop and the diocese and so on. And people are spectators, they're not participants, they're not part of the very essence, the very uh, kind of body of the church. And uh, this is, of course, part uh, reflective of the problem, because uh, if people are not engaged, if people don't feel part of the church as the ecclesia, the yegeriti, from where the word comes, uh, then obviously the church becomes an institution. It becomes very much like a, a secular institution, like a corporation or an organization with big bureaucracy and hierarchy and so on. And this is, again, the symptoms symptom of the problem that we are seeing. On the other, so this is one dimension which is, uh, I have another uh, book that I'm working on uh, which addresses this aspect. It's basically where I argue about the secularization of the church over the last 200 years, but that's another topic. But the, to come back to your question about the church's relevance today, uh, obviously, the Armenian Church, in particular, and a Christian Church in general, uh, have a specific mission and aim towards its own uh, membership. Those who seek, of course, not every uh, Christian who is baptized has uh, equal uh, way of engaging with the faith, with the church, or with religion, and so on. People have different levels, uh, different understandings. This is, you know, uh, we live in open societies in the 21st century, so we cannot assume that everyone has the same understanding and approach and desire and want mm -hmm. from a religious institution. So this is one context that the church has to be aware of. However, there are... Uh, many studies and it's uh, discussed uh, pretty much quite widely the decline of institutional religion or institutional church doesn't mean decline of spirituality there are a lot of studies that people seek and uh, want the spiritual nourishment in their lives but not necessarily through a church or a particular religion. So this is the biggest challenge for the Armenian church and generally for uh, Christianity. How do you address that spiritual need that people have by coming uh, to their level, understanding them and embracing them and offering them from this rich, and this is why I always say the church has a rich the reservoir of spiritual heritage for 2,000 years accumulated. I mean, starting from, you know, the idea of uh, the language, 
the liturgy that was developed, the manuscript, the art, the illuminated manuscripts that were produced, the visuals, I mean, you name it, it's a, it's a whole world of uh, spiritual meaning and heritage, which the church now has the challenge of making this relevant to an Armenian uh, today in the 21st century. Yeah, and I think you summarized that quite well towards the very end, uh, where you identify that the mission of the church was determined 2,000 years ago, but the innovative ways of applying it today is the work of ours to do. And you say that each institution has periods in which it revises the values it has adapted and reflects on the requirements it brings. Today, the Armenian Apostolic Church should determine its mission and roadmap without delay in order to serve the people. I, yeah. think that's, I think that's a very uh, encouraging and yeah. um, it makes us aware. Um, I have to ha- highlight uh, a term I've been noticing a lot in the Armenian manuscripts as signatory of some of our Vartapets in history that they actually use the term Artun Gamhaskol as ways of, you know, these are Grikors. To be alert. alert. Yes. So it is in that time and in that place where we are once again called to be Artun and, you know, in our, in the, in what the church's mission is. Um, so I hope that's um, of some uh, inspiration to some of us. Um, you know, I, I think this is very helpful and then uh, for me as a, um, as a, as an Armenian church uh, attender, this is very uh, innovative in a way to understand the sacraments and to be able to have the liturgical cycles uh, and even someone who's a bit more, you know, engaged with it, it's still, however much of it, of it is brief and introductory, it is very um, helpful. And I'm sure the Turkish version uh, would speak to the, uh, the Armenian communities in Turkey as well. Uh, was that one of your intents, to reach to the Armenian Christian communities in Turkey? Not quite, uh, but I'm familiar and I um, engage in some uh, projects with the Armenian community in Turkey. I go there uh, a lot. Uh, so I've always uh, known the community closely. And uh, and when this uh, idea came about, I uh, really wanted to have some publication for the Armenians, but also for Turks who don't know. Uh, the other day, a Turkish student uh, came to my lecture and she had already copied, she had bought in Istanbul and she wanted me to autograph. And she was very excited that uh, there was uh, a new publication about a subject that uh, they really didn't think about. I mean, they know obviously people who live in Turkey, there is an Armenian church, there is a patriarchate, but they don't know what is this all about. So I'm happy that at least this is a small contribution, not a major one, but uh, I hope that there will be other publications in the coming years. I, I think it's uh, very nice and very illuminative uh, and, I'm, uh, and I do hope that uh, the larger population in Turkey will uh, benefit from the, uh, the insights and also the structure of, the, of this work. Um, I'd like to close by saying that the work has been very um, good to read um, and it has a very interesting uh, 13th century illuminative uh, uh, miniature paintings um, from Armenian manuscripts so that's also very interesting that Aragunder 
has uh, taken photographs of. Um, thank you, Dr. Chilingirian. It's a pleasure and an honor to um, interview you on this publication. Um, and I do hope that um, it brings much fruit. Thank you very much for the opportunity. Thank you.